You want to see a nutty save? I have to mute it because there's music. Oh! Okay, so for those of you that are not watching, basically, shot beats the goalie, goes off the post, hits the goalie in the back, and as it's rolling down into the net, he does an entire, like, 180 spin and gloves the puck out of the air just as it's about to go in. Like, it's on the line. We've, I do not know what league this is from. It's definitely over Europe. You can tell with all the ads on the jerseys. Oh, yeah. Um, I... We, we've seen that in the NHL. Oh, yeah. But I mean, this I is like recent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Now it's going to drive me insane trying to remember it. But we have seen that in the NHL. Yeah, I've seen a few of the, you know, they spin and catch them out of the air. But just the entire sequence of it, I think it hits off his shoulder. It's a little laggy on here, but it yeah. hits off his shoulder and the post and then off his back and almost rolls in. Ugh. Ugh. Welcome back to Leafs Late Night. I'm joined by... Uh, National Beanographic, a.k.a. Galaxy Bean, <laughs> a.k.a. The Beaner. Uh, sorry for the delay. Life has gotten pretty busy over the weekend um, and into the week. Happy March break. I'm sure everybody's busy. Uh, but work has really ramped up for me. So i um, hoping we can squeeze as many of these episodes in this week as we can. But there's four games, so it's uh, we'll see what we get. Cool. Sounds good. Without any further adieu, let's play the intro and get into it. Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. All righty, so like I said, happy merch break. Hope everybody's getting up to some fun stuff with the fams or with the partner or alone, whatever is your jam. I know it's not a week off of work, but, uh, you know, enjoy it anyway. Whether it's your lunch break or your weekend, just uh, go somewhere where there's not a bunch of kids because that's something to avoid. Fun story, actually. So last week we were filming at a maple syrup farm and they do um, like their sugar bush season this week. And I thought it was a great idea to try to bring my girlfriend out on Sunday for brunch. Uh, little did I know that uh, this place is quite the pop and popular happening spot over March break. And um, there were both parking lots full, which is probably 300 cars. This is about half an hour outside of Ottawa for context. It's like people from the area. I don't know how much, many city people are driving out there. Um, it was lined up down the street. Like this is an 80 K highway and there were probably another hundred cars just parked on the road. So I went, this is not happening. Found a cute little, uh, breakfast restaurant around the corner that said proudly serving the maple syrup from the exact same place. So we went there and it was lovely, but, uh, didn't get to see the whole maple syrup process. It's, it's still best when you can go and get a popsicle stip, dip it in the syrup, roll it in some nice fresh snow, and then have yourself like a little syrup snow cone. That's still the best. Oh, yeah. See, I lucked out. And because we were working there, I got one on Friday. And I mentioned we were coming back. And he's like, well, you can have one now because we got extras and they're four bucks on Sunday. 
So I, I did did luck out and get one of those, but I wanted to buy maple syrup because I coincidentally ran out right before we were going to go. Ah. <sighs> So any uh, any plans for March break for you? Um, I'm off. I have a rare week off, which is kind of insane. So um, nothing nice. too crazy. We're, we're actually going to, there's a, a local place with a hill that you can go tubing. Um, so we're going to go tomorrow. And then with one of uh, my son's friends from school, we're going to go where our family's bowling, I think Wednesday night. And then surprise him with a trip to an arcade this weekend. Oh, and yeah, nothing crazy. Cool, I love that. Uh, so before we get into the game, because I mean, we're already behind on the Edmonton game, we'll start with that when we get there. But I just wanted to talk about a new thing that was announced and um, relate it back to the Leafs and hockey. So the Toronto Blue Jays, I don't know if you caught this, but they announced a new outfield district. So as part of the massive renovations that they've been doing in the offseason, they have just come out this uh, over the weekend, I think it was. And announced that for $20 all in, you will be able to attend a Blue Jays game in one of, what is this, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different outfield spaces. Did you see this? I did not see this. Um, <clears throat> but I think it's, for for a team like the Jays, I think it's not a bad idea. Um Aside from that run in, what was it, 2015 with Bautista, I think they've really had a hard time selling out. Like, Yeah, there's a lot of seats there. There was, what, like 70-something thousand was the capacity. So I think what they've done is take out a bunch of the seats that you know would have been more expensive or less entertaining for people to get and try to entice people to come and spend an afternoon and maybe make it into an outing instead of... Uh, sitting and watching a baseball game like by the looks of these there's different experiences you can have so let's run through them quick so we got the, the first up we got the corona rooftop patio so this one looks like it's right in the middle and the highest one up you can get it's about in line with the 300 seating and uh it's a completely open rooftop it's got some nice lighting and it's like a patio literally like there's there's wood and fake plants and you know it's all corona themed and uh yeah, you just get to watch it from it's directly under the CN Tower, apparently. So that's kind of cool. And you get it for 20 bucks. Uh, next up is Park Social, which seems like a family themed one. There's some uh, games like Cornhole and uh, some big dice and checkers. It looks like I don't know. There's some it looks more like a lawn backyard party. Uh, that's, you know, you're you're watching like the a game family while... reunion. Yes, exactly like a family. reunion. <laughs> and that's the vibe. There's multicolored chairs like lawn chair themed. Um, and it says the menu highlights is food truck style eats such as a bacon pepper grilled cheese, brownie sundaes, and milkshakes. So that's pretty cool. Uh, next up, we got the catch bar. This one looks like it's um, about in line with the top of the 100 level. It's pretty pretty low. It says perched above the bullpen with unprecedented views place to be seen and catch a home run sleek and modern the catch bar sits above the visitor's bullpen offering views of the ballpark like never before craft cocktails and trendy food bites such as mac and cheese montreal smoked meat uh cuban sandwiches and brioche pretzel bites so that seems like your higher class uh maybe for the hardcore fans try to catch a ball there you're maybe paying more attention to the game so what do we think so far before i go on um, like I said, it's a good way to try to get 
more fans in the stands. Um, you would think that there wouldn't be that much difficulty filling those seats, even if they're mediocre, given the fact that it is Canada's only team. Yeah, I think the idea here is that it's harder to sell even like a 10 or $15, 300 or I think they even have 400 levels tickets there uh, than it is to sell a $20 one where you get to maybe passively watch the game. Because I think the problem that baseball's having is that it's long, which is something I'm, I'm going to get to. They are addressing that for this season. Uh, but it's also just, I mean, the difference between watching it on TV and watching it in person, I find is very drastic. But I think it's a way to pull people in that maybe have never been to a game before. Uh, maybe one of your friends really likes the Jays and it's a way to convince like a group of friends to come because, hey, it's 20 bucks and we can basically just hang out at the bar. It's like paying cover to watch the Blue Jays. I think it's a great full, idea. Full disclosure, I've never been to a Jays game. Um, oh, I, really? do watch, I do watch games now and then, but I'm not a massive baseball fan. Um, just it, it's... Compared to what we get when we go to a hockey game, there's oh, night and day. There's yeah, there's no no comparison. So it it was hard to wrap my head around it for some some of the ticket prices that you get. So this kind yeah. of thing is 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 decent because you know people like me that would be a lot more enticing to go. See what I find enjoyable about it is it's like an afternoon thing. At least when I go, I go on you know a weekend. I've gone with family and stuff, or one of my friends' uh, grandparents has had season tickets forever. Uh, so we've done a lot of that. Um, so I haven't really had the experience of play, of going to like a game in the evening, but I just like the summer afternoon, you know, you're in Toronto and every, there's like a whole ton of people walking around with Jay's tattoos and stuff. I don't know. It's, it's fun. It's like, I don't really compare it to hockey in that I don't follow the Jays as closely. So it's, it's kind of just like an entertaining outing for me. But, um, the thing that I, I'll touch on it now, I guess they're introducing a, um, I think it's a pitching clock. Uh, I'm not a, like I said, I don't follow closely, but um, my friend was telling me that uh, this is going to, on average, take about 40 minutes off of every MLB game. So, I mean, that's like a shot clock in basketball. Basically. So instead of the pitcher standing there, you know, killing a couple minutes between all these, like once you start pitching, there's like a, a timer, I think that comes on and they only have so many seconds before they have to throw it. Like once the batter goes up to the plate. So the amount of time that that shaves off is like, it's, that's huge. really huge, like 40 minutes, like a, a four hour game down to, you know, close to a three hour game is on par with every other sport. So I think it's a lot easier to pull people in at that point. Yeah. Okay. I want to move on here. Um, we've got the stop it's called, which seems like kind of like a sports bar. It's supposed to be like your neighborhood bar. Um, grab a drink with friends before the first pitch. 100 level behind batter's eye. So this seems like, I guess they're trying to tell you to go here before the game. It's like in the concession area. Um, an ode to the stadium's history. The stop sits behind the batter's eye in a space originally planned as a transit stop. Interesting. Showcasing the many different neighborhoods which Toronto's transit system runs through. So it's styled like a, a station that never was, basically. Cool. Hence the stop. I get it. Then we've got the Schneider's porch. I wonder what they sell there. Brand new hot dog <laughs> headquarters is the destination for a one of a kind elevated hot dog experience with excellent ballpark views. Um, show where's the, Oh, that's a nice view. So you're kind of back up behind first plate. You can see the whole field. It's real nice. 
Um, and I'm sure it's just a bunch of different kinds of hot dogs. Uh, <laughs> and then we've got just the, so that uh, they can charge you thirty dollars per hot dog. Oh yeah. Then we've got the Rogers Landing. So bring your party the action in this brand new space with incredible views directly beside the visitor's bullpen. Stellar home run catching territory. So it's just fun, right? Uh, the best one, though, there's the left field and right field balconies are the, the last two. The right field, or sorry, the left field bleachers. Oh my God, I can't read. Right field bleachers, <laughs> left field balcony. Ugh. Okay, so... The right field bleachers is literally like if you imagine bleachers at your local ballpark, they have like one, two, three, four, five, probably like seven or eight rows of them set up right behind the opposing team's bullpen. So you can just heckle the opposing pitchers from these like steel bleachers. <laughs> so we need to get a, a ticket for a couple games for Darty for them. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> uh, what's important to note here is you are not guaranteed space at these because it's it's standing room right there's not really seats and everybody that has a seat ticket also has access to these areas so if this gets popular these are going to be pretty crammed which is going to be fun but uh you know if you want your spot i'm assuming you'd have to get there pretty early yeah probably but hey if that's the like if you live in toronto and you're a big time sports fan in general not even don't even have to be a Jays fan. That might not be a bad, a bad thing, right? Yeah. So now that we're through all of the, uh, the things that they brought in, I didn't, I wasn't really going through it for the purpose of just like advertising the Jays. It was more to, you know, highlight what they're doing and where stadiums are going, which brings us to hockey and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, what do you think similarly we could see implemented with, uh, the Leafs and the Scotiabank arena? Honestly, probably nothing. Because, because the money is too much. Uh, <laughs> like from the no, seats. Yeah, you're not they're not gonna take seats away from Scotiabank Arena. If anything, they will find a way to add more seats or just build a bigger arena. The only time I think you're gonna see anything kind of new or I don't really want to say modern age, but th- that way of thinking is really going to be an expansion team or a team that has struggled for years to put butts in the seats, right? So like that you got actually... Vegas. Sorry, you got Vegas. They like It's an in-arena experience the entire time you're there. You have Seattle. They're going for the same thing, even when they renovated it. like You have street view windows looking down on the rink in that arena. You've got Carolina. I think they were the first arena to bring cheerleaders in. And then the storm surge. Like, markets that aren't old school montreal and Detroit Toronto. built hockeyville yeah but even them they had such a downturn for so long and then they were hot forever as well but they went through a really rough patch so you're gonna have these hockey meccas yeah who will never do anything like that that actually kind of led me to i i just kind of found this today and plan to bring it up i hadn't put much thought into it while i was working but that kind of leads me to think that this would be a good idea for the Sens to do with their new arena because the Sens have had, uh, if you're not familiar, a Coca-Cola zone and a McDonald's zone uh, that are basically the same as this, where the seats are like 25 bucks or something. And the McDonald's one, you get a coupon for like a free Big Mac meal or something the next day. The new chicken Big Mac? 
Oh, man, why don't they? Uh, they're so close to just making the proper sandwich. Just take one of the chicken ones out and put a burger in. And you've got the sandwich. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so my my point is that the Sens struggle to sell seats. They were literally covering seats up at the Canadian Tire Center with tarps that just, you know, eliminate having to sell them. So I think this is something that would be a good idea for them because you're trying to bring the team in uh, or the the fans in and convince them that the team's in a new era. You're trying to fill the seats again. You have an opportunity to build it with this incorporated in so you're not losing out on, you know, maybe having 16,000 seats still. You just have these areas built in where it's like a standing bar area over you know, the 200 level on each side or something. Like, I think it's a really good idea for these cities where, like you said, where they're either new markets or struggling ones. Uh, like, as you're saying that, I, it just popped into my head too. I don't know if they took some suites out or what they did, but the Scotiabank Arena does have the Ford fan deck as well. That's true. Which is there kind is kind of sort of that idea, right? But you do still have to have a $250 ticket in order to walk up there. <laughs> I think they give all those tickets away. I don't think you can buy them. Oh, really? Area. Yeah. Okay, cool. I I mean, I haven't lived in Toronto. I'm not really familiar. So um, I only hear about people getting tickets. <laughs> so that actually leads into another thing we haven't talked about, which is this rumor, unconfirmed still, whispers of Houston and Atlanta coming back. Houston, I could see. That's a market they've talked about forever. And like they had a WHA team. Gordy Howe was there, played for the Houston Arrows. Like they, I think they could make a run of it. And the Texas market, especially with regards to television, is so massive that the amount of money it would bring into the league would be huge. And ultimately, that's all Gary Bettman cares about. He doesn't care about the quality on the ice, he doesn't care about the fans. He just wants the money. How far is so, Dallas from Houston? I'm just going to look at a map. Oh, I would ballpark two, three hours. Like I yeah, think it's so, like Edmonton, Calgary d- type distance. Yeah, if you're if you can imagine the the strange shape of Texas, um, after the the like squared off rectangle part where it's squiggly at the top, Dallas is like the farthest north part, and then Houston's like down. I didn't realize Houston's like waterfront. It's down on the uh, what's that? Gulf of oh, Mexico. so they're massive apart. Mm-hmm. Houston, so that probably more like to Montreal to Toronto or something. Houston to Dallas is three and a half hours. Oh, yeah. So Edmonton, Calgary. Yeah. Or Toronto to Ottawa. Yeah, I guess it takes a lot longer for me to get to Ottawa, but that's because I have to go through Toronto and the traffic's around us. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> oh, I guess it's more like Coburg to Ottawa than Toronto to Ottawa. It's more like four hours, but... Uh, yeah. still. So I think it, it makes sense. It's far enough that you can have another team there. It's, um, a university town. It's, it's young. It's hip. There's, isn't South by Southwest there? That I don't know, but like or, or Houston, maybe it's in Austin. as odd as it sounds, Houston makes sense because they've had a team before that was successful. It's not like the Houston Astros were a garbage team. They were a successful team. They were able to pay and keep Gordy Howe. Like yeah. the Howe family played there. Um, so that would be a viable market. There's and the Rockets. Still, I was just going to say, they still have the Rockets, don't they? NBA yeah. and NHL are normally pretty hand-in-hand hand with regards to arenas, like, aside from Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't the know, Atlanta I thing... I not with MSG. This is true. 
the Atlanta thing really, really pisses me off. Because you have a full-size, like, an arena larger than some pro arenas in Quebec as a major junior arena that's not being used. And you're going to give another American city who has failed twice at keeping an NHL team. Twice. You're going to attempt to give them another one? It doesn't make sense. And I don't know how familiar people are with the debacle with the Atlanta Thrashers, but the owner of that team tried so hard. He was heartbroken when he announced that they had to sell the team and like nobody would buy it from him. Like they, they had to relocate because no one in Atlanta, like he could not get investors together to keep this team there because it wasn't surviving. Like mm-hmm. it's, it was not like, you know, they had a couple bad years and they shipped everybody out of town. Like it was, <sighs> Honestly, it should have worked, but it's a it's not a hockey market there. The, like everybody always says, oh, you know, relocate the Coyotes to go back, relocate the Coyotes to go back. That's not going to happen. If the Coyotes go anywhere, it will be Houston. In, in my opinion, yeah. Um, but I still don't think they're going to go anywhere, unfortunately. But if you are going to bring an East and a West, do an East and a West and have it a Canadian and American. Do Houston, Quebec. Like the the rivalry alone between Quebec and Montreal would be absolutely worth it. Oh yeah, I'm just looking at where so the Videotron Center in Quebec would rank um as number uh it's smaller than the Canadian Tire Center, just barely. Uh ooh, 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 ooh. It puts them just but about eighteenth just between Columbus and the LA Kings. So they'd be a middle of the NHL as far as capacity goes. Like this place holds 18,259 people. Yeah. That's insane. For ma- like for major junior. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, newsflash, that's not what they built it for. <laughs> like it, I yet again, it, it sucks that I can even say this, but I get where his mind's going. I do not agree with it. I don't think it's right, but he is just looking for that TV contract because all he cares about is the money and Atlanta is a massive market. Yeah. And the problem with the Videotron center is you're unfortunately doing most of your TV revenue within Quebec. And that's not enough for the NHL to warrant bringing another team there. Like the Canadians have been around long enough that the, entire province makes up enough fans that and like you know the spillover into ontario and the maritimes makes up enough fans that that can support a team but like i don't know about dividing them that's that's tough because any english market like you can get into it but like i'm not saying you have to speak french to watch these teams but primarily as far as the um the sales of uh you know, the actual contract for, for TV rights, it's going to be heavily influenced by French speaking places. Yeah. And it, okay. If, if that's the case, which I, I can, I can see where you're coming from there. Anybody who like any business that has had to try to juggle that it, it's difficult, right. And it, being Canada wide and then adding in Quebec, like it makes things a lot more difficult go out east yeah the flip side to look at it is it is it's an opportunity to have that extra part of the market but i don't know it's 
it's tough uh, breaking in there. I think it's very just the way that that Quebec likes to keep themselves, you know, to themselves. I don't think many people from Ontario are going to jump on a Quebec City team. I think they would much sooner jump on a second Toronto team. Yeah, it, it's so tough because you've had all these markets in in the cities they're in forever because they're actually successful, like Boston, yeah. Detroit, Toronto, Buffalo, Montreal. Like even Ottawa has a pretty decent fan base. They just don't go to games because the arena is horrible to get to. Yeah, and the team's like, also... There's a lot of Sens fans. There are, but I was talking about this with a couple of them at work. Of every team in the league, they have the most public debacles ever. Like from, you know, the the Uber well, thing to the up party. Until, up the, until the, the last like 24 months, I think Chicago's got them beat. I'm talking, okay, yeah, in terms of like scandals, but for like, um, what's that, the, the stupid examiner or whatever, the tabloid thing yeah that's the word i'm looking for the sense have the most tabloid news ever and it's really funny like the uber there was cc with the party in his backyard there's you know um rest in peace ray emery getting pulled over all the time by the cops there was like the the carlson thing with the with his the wife's getting into yeah, it with there Hoffman, were the, yep. yeah and then there was uh Heatley and Spezza had a thing too with the wives and like it's just they're such a tabloid team it's so funny what well, matches the politicians in Ottawa right oh shit <laughs> well if you're around it all the time it's gonna rub off on you yeah yeah <laughs> so I guess to wrap this all up and get into the games um it's unlikely that we see anything change in the viewing experience in the uh, the Leafs arena until a new one is built uh, outside of the Ford fan deck just because of how much they make off of all those individual seats. I'd like to see Ottawa do it. I think it's uh, an interesting thought because the plans for the arena are still kind of up in the air since there's a new uh, group coming in to build it. The site is there, but you know what's actually going on the site is to be determined. Um, and then... Atlanta, I don't think is going to do well. Um, I don't know why we're doing that. And Houston, I get. Yeah. like, if, <laughs> Yeah. If you want to keep it in the States and keep it East, Hartford. They've had one shot at it before. Hmm. That was like, that was a, a heartbreaking loss for that market, for that team. They love that team. You have the instant rivalry with Boston again. What's that, Connecticut? Yeah. Do they have another team? They had the Whalers originally. But the, Connecticut doesn't have a team somewhere else, right? Um, Not NHL team, no. Okay, I was just having a U.S. geography brain fart there. No, but like initially they were the New England Whalers, and then they moved to, to Hartford. And Hartford's had, I think it's the Rangers AHL team. I think it's the Hartford Wolfpack. And that's mm. been there for ever. Like they're. <gasps> I just had a thought. <laughs> What's that thought? Uh, so I'm going like 99% sure I'm going out to Newfoundland to work for like five weeks. Um, when does the Growlers season go till? Well, it's AHL, so it should be. 
because I'm going like the first oh. week of April. Oh yeah, you should be able to catch a game or two. Sweet, I want to do that. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. I just I didn't even think of that until now. <laughs> now I'm really excited. I want to go to a Growlers game. Yeah, no, that would that definitely be worthwhile. So Hartford. <laughs> you said East Coast, and then I started thinking about East Coast teams. Well, like that that would be if, if you want to keep it in the States, which I know he does. I don't know market wise, I think it's a smaller market, so TV contract, it probably wouldn't work for what Batman would want anyways. Um that's just a city that always pops into my head. Yes, they've had a team before and it did leave, but this wouldn't be their third crack at it, right? If you're going to give someone a, a crack at it that's already had it, at least have it only be one. Yeah, and I mean, if we're just going to make Atlanta the ticking time bomb to become another like relocated team, then like, sure, let's let someone start it up until we figure out where we're going to move it to. Like, it's like building a house and then putting it on one of those trucks to move it somewhere else. Yep. Yeah. Let somebody else do all the work, putting the team together, and we'll just slap Winnipeg or Calgary on them. We'll take another Canadian team. Thanks. Yeah, I guess that's how we get the Nordiques back. Hey, there you go. This is the the long con. Although Atlanta always goes to a Western Canadian city, so maybe Saskatoon finally gets a team. Oh, that'd be cool. I mean, kind of unnecessary, but... Why would it be unnecessary? Saskatchewan doesn't have a team. But like, I don't know. Is the population... Then then every... uh, Okay, give it to Regina. What's the population of Saskatoon? It oh, is it's tiny. Two, it's 273,000. Yeah. It's like the size of, <laughs> isn't that like the size of Kingston? Uh, I think Kingston might even be bigger. Kingston, 136. So it's like a hundred and eh, it's like two Kingstons. So like, uh, I don't know. It's it, Ontario doesn't have anything between that, that I can think of. It's only like Ottawa and Toronto. And then it just like drops off after like Kingston and Brockville and yeah, I think London's still smaller than London, Kingston. yeah. Um, and then Sass, uh, what was the other one? Regina? Yeah, that's the capital. Uh, 228,000. So they're both like the same. So small. Yeah, I don't think that can support an NHL team. I'm sorry. It can better than Atlanta. In theory, yeah, just because it's Canada, but like... You would have the entire province going to every game <laughs> like you would have people driving from carrot river saskatchewan way the hell up north and just and Sask- my grandpa you, oh, my grandpa's say, from why? there <laughs> of course you okay you <laughs> um like you would have people driving from northern saskatchewan to come down to a hockey game if they had an nhl team of their own it would be absolutely insane oh i guess just looking at the map like i mean outside of Saskatoon like a lot of it is just along the highway there like Swift Current Maple Creek Moose Jaw Regina like I I guess damn maybe maybe they do need a team I mean the whole province has 1.1 million people which is like the greater Ottawa area so I guess by the way Johnny yeah Friday, April 7th to Sunday, April 9th. Back to back to back. Triple header. Trawler oh, Rare go. at Newfoundland. Let's go. 
So the Habs ECHL versus the Leafs ECHL. I'm so in. Okay, so Games. speaking of Leafs, let's talk about the Leafs. <laughs> so full disclosure, um, these are the, like the first two games I've missed in a long time. We had plans on Saturday and then work today just got out of hand and I got home to watch the clock tick down and the Leafs not tie it up. But uh, Willie scored and I saw the replay and that's basically it. So I'll let you help me out here. So uh, at work, Andrew and I were sad to see that it was uh, three to one for the Oilers in the second period. Uh, Noel Achari scoring the only one for the Leafs, while Matthias Ekholm, Evander Kane, and Connor McDavid seemingly start to run away with the game, and we were just going, ah, shit. Well, you know, maybe Edmonton is just going to take the series this year. And then we hit refresh, and then we hit refresh again, (laughs) and then we hit refresh again, and then we hit refresh again. What the hell? happened in the second period so all i have seen is this absolutely disgusting mitch marner goal which i'm sure everybody has seen at this point but like that that marner goal reminded me of the matthews goal against colorado the year before against i think it was johansson that was in net where he gets the puck in front and he his hand was moving him like 100 miles a minute and just absolutely, just same thing as Marner, just absolutely undresses them, but on the other side of the net, because they, they're the opposite hands, right? <laughs> uh, so before we, we break down these goals, uh, Mitch Marner or Selkie, because uh, he's had the most takeaways this year, if I'm not mistaken? I, it's, it's normally pretty tough for a winger to get this award in the, in, in the past, let's say decade anyways. Like you had Bob Gainey win a whole bunch of them, and you had Yuri Lettinen win a whole bunch of them. Aside from that, it's entirely centers. Like it's basically been Datsuk and Bergeron for the past twenty years. Oh, um, and with how Boston's playing, it is probably going to be Bergeron. Eh? Oh yeah, the the awards are going to be McDavid and Boston. That's going to be the awards night. Like Lena Salmark taking home the Vesna. Can't wait. Yeah, him and Swayman sharing the the Jennings. Bergeron getting the Selkie. I guess Carlson's probably going to get the Norris. Yeah, it's between him and Morrissey. Which is weird to say. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Both of them having career years and just blowing every defenseman out of the water. Like, neither of them make sense. It's like a guy who's a a defensive defenseman who hits people who decided, I'm going to take shots this year. And Eric Carlson, who decided, uh, I'm tired of being old. <laughs> Let's just score again. Yeah. Um, anyways, we're, we're, Marner, the, trains, the train's going, going around the station a couple times okay. today. Um, Marner, Selkie. Yes. Uh, that goal was incredible. I just, I want to touch a little bit on the start of the game. Murray. Yeah, so how do we go down 3-1 in the first place? So, Murray missed a lot of time. And he is fighting it hard. You even saw tonight. He, he, he still isn't quite there where he should be. And I think that might be why Keefe is going with him back-to-back. And he might even get the Colorado game. Um. The Evander Kane goal, especially like Matias Ekholm walks in and from the face off dot, 
winds up for a slapper. And I think it was like an 80 or 90 mile per hour slap shot. Okay, yeah. Straight on, shooter versus goalie. You want the goalie to have it the majority of the time. But when you're that close and it's shot that hard, what are you going to do? Like, I, I don't really fault him for that. The Evander Kane one, Kane comes in behind the net and the wraparound. The speed and the urgency with, with with which Murray went from post to post, like that looked like me going post to post when I'm Oy. playing beer league scrimmage with my friends. Oi. Like that was bad. He was on a rookie. It's the only time you can pull off a wraparound. It, it was it, it whatever's below rookie. Like it was bad. Oy. Um McDavid beating him, yet again, shooter versus goalie, but McDavid's shot this year is just absolutely incredible. So I won't really fault him for that. Goal. Like, get out of here. Yeah. Still hasn't hit 60 yet. So, um, <laughs> but he, he did settle it down. And, you know, the, the Oilers only had 26 shots on that. So it's not like you can say, okay, you know, by the time he got a whole bunch of shots on him, he, he settled down. But it wasn't even really that. He just, something clicked and he was playing a little better. He was still a little shaky and, and kind of made me a little nervous. That confidence that we had in him at the beginning of the season where, and you commented on it a couple times too, with the differences between him and Sammy and Nett, Murray just projected this confidence that the whole team, it changed the atmosphere of the team and how they were playing when he was in that as opposed to Sammy. And it's like that role is reversed now with the injury time and how hot Sammy's been. He just, he needs to work through this if, 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 if Sammy gets hurt and he's still playing like this, we're in trouble. Yeah. I, I think there's kind of two sides to this because we've talked a lot about how the Leafs play when their goalies are playing well and how they play when their goalies are playing poorly. Uh, they tend to allow too many shots when they have a little too much confidence in their goalie. Uh, this seems like once those couple goals, just from what I can read here off the numbers, once those couple goals went in, they went, okay, that's what we're dealing with. Let's adjust and switch to keeping it in Edmonton's end instead of, you know, hanging around and waiting for an opportunity to uh, gouge them off the rush. Yeah, a little bit of that. And then Keith was kind of like what he was doing tonight. Keith was just putting star versus star. Like Matthews mm. was going out there against McDavid pretty much every shift. And I know those guys have a little bit of a connection. They train together sometimes in the off season, but they they even got a little chippy against each other. I saw um, that massive hit he had on McDavid. That was awesome. Yep, and the uh, the refs were too chicken shit to call anything, so they just called two players for almost every penalty call, Ugh. which made absolutely no sense. Like the McDavid and Matthews ones. McDavid's coming across the blue lines. Matthews kind of sort of clips him with his hip. You know, probably an interference call. Probably should have been called. No arms go up. About a minute goes by and they're kind of jawing back and forth. And then Matthews, I want to say, slashed McDavid. And then they blow the whistle down and they take them both. And it's like, okay, I get it. I, I'm not saying Matthews was innocent. That was interfering. But when has that ever happened? So, okay, whatever. It's a fluke. And then it happened again. I want to say it was three times. Yeah, so McDavid and Matthews at 20 seconds in the second. Holy moly, yeah. Um, McLeod and Bunting at the same time. Where is it here? Uh, Tavares, Tavares and DeHarnay. Bunting and Kane. Kane. And Bunting. Uh, and Bunting and Kane got. Oh, yeah, that was. 
Yeah. But they got, how did they get two roughing calls each? They were going up and down the ice, did like the entire way at each other. And they just gave them both four minutes to keep them in the box. <laughs> I love it. I like how it's written out, though. It's like roughing, 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 roughing instead of four minutes. Yeah. So it, I'm not blaming the officiating. I don't want people to say, oh, you know, he's just saying the officiating was bad. That's why the Leafs went down. No, they played like garbage in the first. Murray played like garbage in the first. And he kind of settled himself down a little bit. And the boys picked it up and got some goals for him. Like it, I don't, yet again, it might've been Matthews playing head to head with McDavid, lit a fire under his ass. And, and that got them going because all the boys, even Tavares, he slashed Deharnay's hand and got, ended up getting fined for it. Yeah. After battling with him and getting, you know, attempted to uh, slew foot and cross-checked, but you know, sure. Yeah. But still, um, oh, he definitely deserves the fine for the slash. I'm not forgiving him for that, but it's like if that slew foot had worked, then it would be a fine on Darnay. It's like, <laughs> yep. What are we doing here? Yeah. So overall, quick, quick breakdown. It there was a lot of offensive goodness to see the core four, all four of them scoring. Um, Noel Chari worked his butt off that game. Um, you had Drysaddle and and McDavid doing what they've been doing all year, but. Edmonton's got two players. The Leafs have four. Oh, you, <laughs> if, you, if mean, you want to break it down to that, like you mean Zach Hyman isn't an elite goal scorer and playmaker? He's a great player, and I do wish he was still on the Leafs, but not at that contract and not for that duration. Agreed. Agreed. I'm not bashing him. I just yeah, it's the Edmonton people that are like he's better than Nylander. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Uh, anything concerning about yet again leave score and immediately give up a goal? Because this has been a bit of a pattern that has not been one before, but this year it's rare and it's ugly hit. Um, maybe a little bit, just kind of letting themselves get a little comfortable with the goal and then kind of getting caught off guard. Like if 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 you play ball hockey, ice hockey, beer league, a- a- tournament, and anything. You get scored on, like that pisses you off, and you immediately want to go out and try and get get it back. And everybody knows that, so you should be expecting it. Um, maybe just some complacency. With the Leafs, no. <laughs> so obviously, um, mind boggling comeback here, where they end up winning at seven to four. Like you said, Drysaddle picking up an extra goal there to uh, try to come back. Nolachari with two goals at the beginning and the end. Got to see it. Got to love it. Uh, good things. Yeah. You like to see the team making a comeback against what's uh, an offensive powerhouse. I'm not going to call them powerhouse and anything else, but, you know, outscored yeah. the scorers. No, they did. And and it's it's been a, a handful of games in a row now where Keith's been going with 11 and 7. And you haven't seen him do that a lot, but they're trying to make sure that all these nine NHL caliber defensemen that they got, you know, get games and are all continuously in game shape and ready to go at any given point in time. So that's opening up a little more ice time for the big boys to get double shifted here and there and show what they're made of. Cause you know, come, come playoff time that they're, they're probably going to be demanding more ice if they're down. And now we 
we're seeing what they're capable of doing so we know if they can handle it or not. I love that Dubas tried to cover his ass by picking up a bunch of extra defensemen and the forwards are the ones that get hurt. And he's like, guys, I got you so much backup on D so you could just murder people on the ice with no consequences. And you you hit each other in the hand with a shot. Are you joking? Ugh. By the way, my brain keeps going into like glitch mode every time I see McCabe out there. Oh, I know. It's weird. Because I just keep thinking that the the equipment guy printed the wrong number on the jersey yeah what if it been 24 <laughs> come on oh, it's so close so close missed it by that much uh i am expecting a little more offensively out of eric gustafson i hope to see you know some some good puck moving and maybe a nice shot here and there but it is a little skewed he got a hat trick against the leafs and he has seven goals this year so it's like there was I call I call that five goals. There was a little bit more of that tonight. Okay, I was thinking good. the same thing. I was really not disappointed, but kind of left wanting mm-hmm. with his play with the Leafs so far. There wasn't anything glaring, but it's just okay. You know, he's he's notoriously been an offensive guy. Where is it? And he had a couple rushes today. He was up. He he was like a Riley two point Good. Which some people good. won't. Some people will be complaining about that because every you know Riley's been in the hot seat this year, but he had a couple good looks tonight. Didn't they put them together and everybody's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> the Why? the D pairings have been all over the place lately. Well, I mean, when you got nine of them, it's like fucking. He's literally throwing magnets that he's got at the wall. We know he's got them, and it's whatever two end up together. That's who the pairs are. Yeah, they had Hall and McCabe together for quite a bit tonight. And it's crazy. Like you'll see the the pairs come out. And it's like, yeah, Riley's on the third pair. It's like, is he or are you just running three first pairs? Because that's what it seems like to everybody else. <laughs> or like yeah. three, like, I don't know, almost top pair. Like, because, you know, I don't know who you could put with Riley that you would call it like a, you know. Brody. Yeah, that's true. But they don't do that. <laughs> well, they did tonight. Oh, good. So you had you had McCabe and Hall at eight fifty seven together, Riley and Brody at seven forty seven together, and Geo and okay, Lily cool. at five thirty three. Okay, so on to tonight. Leafs uh, rough night against the Sabres. So I want to um, the Leafs were sixty six percent on that dot though. Damn, that's good. I want to pull up a quote here from Mike the Fanatic because he put it so well. When I asked how, what was going on here in our chat, he said gas was a dollar twenty-five a liter to start the game, and then the price went up to two oh nine a liter to start the second and onward. So uh, gas price was the problem tonight. So the Leafs came out full of it, and I uh, didn't know Galen Weston controlled gas prices. Oh my lord, <laughs> Galen! <laughs> that Weston family is behind everything, man. Um, so Leafs. From what I saw, it was an exciting first. I mean, they or um, the second there, they they managed to um, come out quick. Matthews and Yarncroke with uh, some nice goals. I saw the replays on both of those. Yarncroke, man, I, I like to see the shot coming out. But uh, what? Everything just fell apart after that. What the hell happened? Yeah, you're you're not wrong. Like the Leafs came out of the second with a two one lead, but they were outshot. I think it was something crazy, like. 16 to three or something stupid like that in the second period. Um, they just, they took their foot off the gas and they didn't bother putting it back on. Oh my Lord. The shots in the first period were 12 to three for Toronto. 
in the second period, 17 to three for Buffalo. Are you joking? Yeah. How do you, what? This has been a bit of a pattern for them though. The first period, it's like there are other teams on pace for, you know, 10 shots. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's even now. What happened? Yeah. It's like they were doing well in the draw. There was glimpses, but you could tell that Buffalo was the hungrier team. Buffalo's fighting tooth and nail to try to squeak themselves into the playoffs. And Toronto kind of didn't really go full bore because probably because of the last game they played against them. That was O'Reilly's big game, right? The Tavares, Marner, and O'Reilly line were just absolutely rolling. Like, not that it's an excuse because it shouldn't happen when you have professional athletes, but it does happen. If you go into a, a game playing against a team that you just dummied the game before, you can't help but, you know psychologically kind of let up a little bit and then outshoot them 12 to 3 in the first period yeah you're like oh guys just get one in the net and we got this so it seemed like they got two in the net and then went all right we got this and then blew it which we have not seen a ton of not a lot of blown leads this year uh so this one like you said it's it's the sabers so it's not ultra concerning because of how desperate they are it was nice to see willie get that one with the empty net but just a really rough game to lose honestly yeah the jack quinn goal i don't really blame murray like murray went the first half of the first period without a single shot so that's difficult um especially like you're saying they're trying to get him these games so he can get his confidence back and that's hard to do when you're not actually facing anything yeah there was a couple times tonight where he was lining up for a shot that it looked a hell of a lot better than he did in the edmonton game he looked more square more confident and then I, I want to say it was after the tuck goal, like the first tuck goal, that I don't know if it, it shook his confidence, if there was something going on, but after that he kind of looked like he almost went into his shell a little bit and he was second-guessing himself. Like the Jack Quinn goal, you cannot blame him for that. The puck was out front, Quinn shot it, he made the first save, it went in the air and he knocked it out of the air. As Murray's already down, like Murray went to get for get it with his glove, but the stick was faster than the glove. Like you can't fault him no on chance. that one. Um, Tuck's first goal, I think it was his first goal. Defensive laps. He kind of he did the old Matthews, you know, when Matthews used to fly the zone and then come back in and nobody knew where he was. Yeah, he basically did the same thing. And and Marner, I would blame Marner on that one, but you had Hall and Brody both pinching into the same corner. Hmm. Like. Just a whole bunch of brain farts. See, the fantasy player in me likes that Alex Tuck scored scored two goals tonight. Um, But this dude's been on IR for the last, like, month and a half. And his first game back, like, ugh. It's not one of the... I'm not faulting the Leafs for, like, how do you let a guy who's had all this time off score two goals on you? But it's like, of course he does. That's how it happens with the Leafs. Yeah. You had Mario Lemieux, who had retired... And was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame because he retired due to back and cancer issues and came back in his first goal against the Leafs. He made the Leafs look like a minor league team. Oh, God. Like, it, it, it just, it happens that way. It always does. If there's a Toronto kid playing against the Leafs, chances are they're going to score. If someone's coming back after being away off a long, long injury, chances are they're going to score. It, it's just what it is. 
All right, let's do questions quick. We're running out of time here. So Mikey D, have you ever lost your voice because of a game? Um, any game? Absolutely. Person, I've probably lost my voice. Yeah. I, I yell a lot. We it's, had. I had to warn my girlfriend when she came to a game with me. I was like, you might get a little scared. I'm sorry. We had a couple of video clips from the game I went to with my dad last year and Matthew's got his 60th that we uh, we got pretty loud. I right. will agree with that. Uh, next one comes from Leonardo Ronca. The NHL has to hold the refs accountable. That was just awful. This shit cannot continue in reference to the Edmonton Oilers game. Yes, we touched on a little bit. That was the weirdest officiated game I've ever seen. Like I, we've seen horrible refing and we've seen non-existent refing. That was just weird. Like to me, it felt like they were so unsure of themselves that they didn't want to take anybody off and okay, I'm going to call that guy. Yep. Let's grab someone else too. That way they both can't complain. It's like the Matthews McDavid thing, you know, it's, you can't, you can't put one elite guy away without saying, yeah, but what about this guy? You can't say one's good without the other. It's like, and that just bled through how they officiated the game. Uh, so Mike the Fanatic, would you play 11 forwards in the playoffs if it meant the core four getting more ice time? And then Miller 27-27 following up. I heard Keith doesn't like the 11-7, but with so many D, he wants to see what he has in a game setting. Uh, he knows he ha- uh, what he has up front. So I kind of agree with Mike. Um, I would play 11 if it meant the core four getting more ice time just because... Not that the Leafs don't have the depth, but I don't think there's a problem with those guys playing a couple extra minutes if it means, you know, not having Wayne Simmons in the lineup or something, you know? Like, I feel like that 12th forward is kind of up in the air anyway, now that they've moved on from Engvall. Like, okay, so right now... Until we see what we get from Nyes, like... To me, it it comes to how they're playing. Like right now, the forward that's missing is O'Reilly. That's true. So he comes back. Okay, yeah, you can knock Zar out because Zar's been kind of on a milk carton for a while. Um. So yeah, you could go ahead and you could do that. But if those four guys are getting the extra ice time, I want to make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing with it. Not that yeah, there's been fair. an issue with it this year, because I have had no complaints with any of their games this year. Tavares, Matthews, Marner, Nylander. Nylander has just completely blown me out of the water with my expectations for him this year, because he's brought no his kidding. entire game back. Marner is likely the best player on the team, and that's saying something, because I, for the longest time, Matthews was heads and shoulders above him. And Matthews has sacrificed self-glory to make himself a better team player. Like he is, comp- I, I will die on this sword comparing him to Iserman. It is uncanny. Come into the league as, as snipers, getting points, goals, whatever you want. And then all of a sudden the switch flicks and you're one of the best two way centers that is still a threat to score every time he's on the ice. Well, the guy's tired of losing in the first round. Yep. It's I can score, but like, how do we win? Yep. By not having Jack Campbell in that. Um, oh, sorry, Steph. <laughs> okay, so Jimmy Robdia, um, 
You already know we catching that dub. Not a question, but I love it. Fun guy, Southpaw Cal, friend of the show. Thank you, sir. Random off-season thought. Who would you rather have? Morgan Riley, seven and a half million, or Darnell Nurse, 9.25? Morgan Riley. I would rather have Morgan Riley because for what I would say is probably a worst defenseman for more money you're killing the chemistry of the locker room with the the longest tenured leaf not being there i i don't get the darnell nurse thing i don't like i got the guy in fantasy i'm looking at his numbers it's not a, i get it not all defensemen are fantasy stars but like for 9.25 i'm not paying for a defensive defenseman no and he's not even the greatest defensive defenseman like, so, like, who would you compare him to? Because, I mean, like, I don't get to see a ton of Edmonton games. On the Leafs? Uh, I sure. Would... Like, play style-wise. Like, because I would have liked to have seen this game, but it's one of the two of this year. <laughs> Part of me would almost say, like a... Like a... Kind of like a, a, a wish... TJ Brody. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> like he's not Brody as defensive. The slides. He's not as defensive, but he's a little more offensive and he kind of, you know, he doesn't look exactly the same as the picture that you ordered. Um, <laughs> Got it. Like he's a, he's a good serviceable defenseman, but at that price tag, absolutely not. Yeah. I think we need the 2 million to uh, fill out probably like at least two people, you know, <laughs> The way that this team goes, that's going to be two league min contracts and some to spare for that extra 700 grand or something somewhere. So um, that's it. That's questions. That's uh, the games. Who do the Leafs play next? Colorado on Wednesday. Sweet. Um, Wednesday, I'm probably going to be able to catch the game. Uh, what time is it at? It's at seven o'clock. And then we've got Friday against the hurricanes at seven Friday. I am going to be at a play. I'm missing that one. So Wednesday, um, we'll try to get that one in and then Friday and Saturday we'll do one. Um, oh, I'm going to the game Saturday. Probably double header Saturday, Saturday night, cover the Carolina game, cover the Sens game. Yeah. So, um, if you don't mind waiting till I get home shouldn't be too long i do have to come all the way from i was gonna say i typically i typically would say yeah that's not a problem but you could probably get from toronto to norwich in less time than it will take to get from the sens arena to your house yeah and i moved farther away from it unfortunately what is it to get to the canadian tire center it is uh 20 it says 21 minutes right now so game time probably like 40 (laughs) 40 great love that for me Okay, but uh, hey, we'll we'll be here. Just a just a thought. This eleven and seven that solves the whole left wing debate that we've had all season. That's true. You just eliminate one, <laughs> <laughs> and then we can get a bunch of Leafs merch that says it's like a Leafs seven eleven um, combo. So it's like you know you work the logos together. I'm gonna come up with something, and y'all y'all are gonna see it. It's gonna be sick. Actually, on that, I ordered. Um, Kind of a, a cool, interesting streetwear Leafs jersey. I sent it to you guys in the chat, but it's... um, Who is it that made it? 
it's by oh my lordy i'm the worst i can't see but it's it's this leafs jersey that says the buds with an upside down leafs logo on it it's super sick it's a matthews uh like cartoon and he's all fiery and uh that's what i'm gonna wear to the april 1st game probably if it comes in time we'll see I, I, when they were talking about different game or different jerseys for like the Heritage Classic and stuff like that last year, there was one floating around that was a, it was basically like the 91 Canada Cup jersey. Oh, nice. But in blue and white for the Leafs. And I actually would, I would buy one of those if I could get my hands on one. Oh, speaking of jerseys, Friday we got the St. Pat's jerseys. Absolutely. Love them. Totally love I, them. I, I, I don't. But that's okay. We don't have to. Love I'm, I'm, I'm a history buff, and if you wear that color, someone would call you a leprechaun. So I, I can get it. Yeah, maybe that is like a, <laughs> a deep-rooted, like, what do they call it? Like biological trauma that I, yep. I can't wear lime green. <laughs> that's I cannot think of a time in my life where I've worn lime green. I do wear green, but like it's not... It's, not like, it's it's like that that new like 2020s um it's like millennial pink but green you know it's that new tone that's like everywhere i don't know never mind <laughs> we're getting no. out of here <laughs> i'm tired <laughs> good night Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. And go check out Sports is Fun. Sports is Fun. Love you, Marty.